Saturday morning cartoons were awesome. From the 1960s through the 1990s, we kicked off each weekend in a frenzy of animation that is unmatched today. But were these shows actually any good? Join us as we dig into the history of your favorite and not-so-favorite Saturday morning cartoons, look at the good, the bad, and the ugly of each one, and determine if our nostalgia matches the reality when it comes to these tunes. So stay in your PJs, grab a bowl of cereal, and settle in. I'm John. And I'm Robert. And this is Toon Talk. So, John. Yeah. If you're creating a cartoon about mystery-solving teenagers, how many ascots would you include in the cast? <laughs> well, you have to have Fred's, and you have to have... Yeah, you need at least one, maybe two. Well, and clearly Hanna-Barbera was a big fan because they ended up uh, going from one to two the next time around. So. <laughs> well, I think, wasn't it part of how they... Uh, doing Scooby-Doo invented that or came up with that procedure of only reanimating the part that was moving. So they needed a, a line between the torso and the head. So they only had to redraw the head. For Scooby-Doo that worked with Josie and the Pussycats when you watched it, that doesn't make any sense. I think <laughs> they just, liked, the having they just ha- liked it. Having that pop of color. Well, yeah, Josie and the Pussycats is an interesting... Um, little slice of Hanna-Barbera history here. Yeah, and I had never seen it. You know, when we, we decided to do this one, I had never seen it. I knew what it was, but I never watched it. So I came into this completely blind. Yeah, I remember seeing it when I was a kid, so in the 80s. So I didn't watch this live. I wasn't alive when it first debuted, uh-huh. but um, it it was the 1980s on the USA Cartoon Network. Is where you discovered it. Yeah, Cartoon okay. Express is when I first saw I it. I remember that, yeah. yeah. So they, they had played some of those, and that's where I first was familiar with it. Having gone back and watched it again, it's a little different than I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> but we can get into that. Yeah, it was vaguely familiar to me, yeah. even though I didn't see it. <laughs> oh, it's very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> Especially after having watched Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So. And the Archies. And the Archies, yeah. yes. Yeah, it definitely... Why well, texted you, I'm like, heavily. is this supposed to be a spin-off of the Archies or a rip-off of Scooby-Doo? I don't, I'm confused. Yes. yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, it all comes back to 1969 when Hanna-Barbera had a bona fide smash hit with Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? And they were looking to keep that momentum going. So what they would opt to do is the option that they would then do ad nauseum over the next decade is, well, let's find a mystery-solving group of kids with an animal sidekick and let hilarity yeah. ensue. Right. Here's the formula. <laughs> so we're just going to clone just, Scooby-Doo right. over and over and over and see what happens. Uh, in order to to move quickly at this point, they thought, well, let's look for a ex- established property, something that people know. We can just kind of plug it in into the formula and let's go with it. And what better place to do that than to look at the other hit show of that time, the previous year, 1968, which is the Archie show. Right. And it's like, well. Based on a comic. Yes. So they reached out to Archie Comics looking for something. And what they found was Josie McCoy. So Josie McCoy first appeared in Archie Comics in this um, episode of Archie Pals and Gals, number 23 in 1963. And that same year, then they made a series called She's Josie. That featured Josie, who's this um, very sweet-natured girl, her blonde best friend, Melody, who's kind of a ditzy. She's ditzy. Yeah. yeah. And then a bookwormish brunette friend named Pepper. So three white girls kind of in the Archie universe. Um, they didn't necessarily cross over with Archie. Yeah. They were just kind of their own thing. Um, the initial series also featured uh, Josie and Pepper's boyfriends. There's a, a guy named Albert and then somebody named Sock. 
Sock. Sock. S-O-C-K. S-O-C-K, yeah. Yeah. And then Albert's rival, Alexander Cabot III, and his twin sister, Alexandra, also debuted. Yeah. Uh, What should we name the twins? How about Alexandria and Alexander? (laughs) Alex and Alex. That won't be confusing at all. It won't confuse anyone. (laughs) That way the parents don't have to come up with more than one name. That's right. (laughs) Just start yelling at them, Alex! (laughs) (laughs) Who, me? Yes, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) When do you get over here? Kid. So throughout her comic experiences, Josie's surname actually kept changing. So initially it was Josie McCoy. And then you'd see Josie Jones, Josie James. No real reason as to why. It just... Yeah, whoever was writing it decided, like, oh, decided. Josie uh, Jones. There, What's there that go. Josie Chick's name? Uh, jo- okay, <laughs> I don't just, know. Whatever. Go with Jones. <laughs> but uh, ultimately, McCoy was the kind of the fallback. Ultimately, was the real name. It was just, if you couldn't remember, whatever. Yeah. With uh, issue number 17 uh, of She's Josie, it was, She's Josie was renamed to just Josie. So it was clearly, it was just about her. Um, and in six, 19, December 69, the series was renamed to Josie and the Pussycats with issue number uh, 45. And it was there in that issue that Josie and Melody came up with the idea of starting a band called the Pussycats. So we have our origin, which where Hanna-Barbera would pull their information. But so originally Alexander was the bassist. And as they would pull into the cartoon, Alexander kept insisting they change the name of the group to Alexander's Cool Time Cats. Yes. So she was then replaced by a new girl in school named Valerie Smith. And then named Valerie Brown later on. So while Josie became the lead singer and guitarist, Valerie was portrayed as the intelligent, the kind of like the smart person. Yeah, of the she group. was she, logic. And she just was a tambourine player, which, yeah, you know, is 60s, 70s. And then uh, Melody Jones was the drummer. So again, Melody Jones, I think her name changed a couple times too, but... Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> they, clearly, they didn't care, so whatever. Why should we? Yeah, I just went with the first name. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the band, the uniforms had leopard prints, and were they were complemented by these ear cat headbands that the creator, had his wife had found some at a party one time. He's like, oh, yeah, let's do that. And then we'll give them these long tails attached yeah. to their costumes. And um, they decided that Alexander should be their manager for some reason, even though, even though he's a rival to... Josie's boyfriend. Yeah. It, yeah. It's comic book logic. But yep. <laughs> so the series in 1970 was reimagined. So Albert's sock and pepper were all booted. Um, there's some reasoning behind it, but we'll get into that. And then thereafter, the series emphasized the pussycats traveling across the country and the world performing gigs with a basically a, a roadie named Alan M. Mayberry. And then Alexander, the, the manager, and then Alexander was traveling with them for some reason. Which we, I, okay. We'll get into that too. Yeah. <laughs> the, so these changes, they were directly um, tied to the development of the cartoon because um, the, the later iteration, that's, that's the later iteration that Hanna-Barbera would, would bring to the small screen. The original concept for Scooby-Doo was actually, they were supposed to be banned. Supposed the mystery, to be mysteries banned. Five. Yeah. Right. And then they would find, stumble across these these mysteries in between gigs and then solve them. So they just basically like, yeah, that's ready-made. Let's, that's, it's a band. They travel around. Let's yep. we'll slap a mystery in between yeah. the other gigs. And so they went with it. They reached out to Archie Comics and they coordinated a new series. So they didn't acquire the rights to Josie. They just went into a partnership with Archie Comics. Right. Like Scooby-Doo, each episode kind of has its own formula so the band on their way to either a recording session or to a, a gig. gig somewhere anywhere in the world right they were traveling yeah, they, they were on were, a world tour they're globetrotters yeah they were, yeah they, alexander for as much of an idiot as he booked them everywhere everywhere yeah yeah um they would stumble across some villainous plot 
And they would uh, generally something for world domination because yeah. if you're going to make a villain this plot, sure. you may as well trick over the world. Well, it was funny that sometimes they were they were actively involved in the plot. They didn't just stumble across this and go, whoa, what's going on here? we got to figure this out. Like somehow they came into possession of something that the bad guy needed. Yeah. So then they were the bad guy's target, <laughs> you know, and they had to get themselves out of trouble and then solve the mystery. It yes. wasn't like, oh, we just need to figure out what's going on here. It's like... They had skin in the game. Yeah, by happen chance they would be involved yeah. one way or another. Whether right. yeah, and and sometimes not know it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so ultimately they would thwart the bad guy's plan, and then they move on to their musical destination, and everybody would be happy again, yeah. except for Alexandra, who was always miserable. Was never. <laughs> And and each episode also included a song, a new song that would be played over the chase sequence, like you saw at the second season of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Yeah. But these were all unique, and these were specifically Josie and the Pussycat songs. Band. And they were released as an album to go along with the show. Um, At one point in development, uh, a live-action version of the band was planned to be at the end so you'd you'd see the the cartoon it would end a couple minutes earlier and mm-hmm. you'd see this live segment of the like josie and the pussycats yeah. you know actresses sure but um sort of like the monkeys tv yeah. show you know but they like, always actually played a song but the real voices behind the the cartoon characters playing like singing play. the song and performing okay. um that was scrapped um fairly quickly but it played a significant role Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that in a little bit because there's, okay. there's some more, more into that than just. <laughs> there's more, but yeah. wait, there's more. <laughs> wait, so, um, so debuting on September 12th, 1970, Josie and the Pussycats ran through January 2nd, 1971, lasting 16 episodes with a um, a second series, Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space, replacing it the following year for a one-year run of its own before it was canceled. So yeah. going around the globe wasn't enough. Let's just go space. around the... Yeah, and we didn't watch the Space series. We <laughs> no, just watched no. the first 16 episodes. No, no, because we don't need to swim going through the Solarverse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Um, the Josie Gang would be back on the small screen for a guest appearance on the new Scooby-Doo movies in 1973. And in there, they would team up with their... Yeah, yeah. they did a crossover episode. Yeah, yeah they would yeah. team up with the Scooby gang um, in the efforts to save a haunted riverboat. Um, well, and why not? Yeah, well, yeah. and it's and of course, then the, the new Scooby-Doo movies were actually 50 minutes. They were longer episodes, like 40 yeah. minutes long. So they right. were like a double episode. So you had so what I found was interesting... All the ascot, ascots you could imagine. <laughs> there were three. <laughs> they went from one to two and now three. Yeah. And... Two characters who are very similar. Yeah. And uh, we'll talk about that, yeah. too, when I talk about the character voices. <laughs> yes. Which I can't imagine how confusing that must have been. Uh, yeah. I need to go up and watch that episode, actually. Well, you had a couple. I'm sure you had, you've seen it. You had a, a couple characters. Yeah, I've seen yeah. them multiple times, actually. Yeah. Um, but you have multiple characters who are very similar. Because right. Fred and Alan are... Uh, yeah. Alan's just like a swole version of Fred. And exactly. Then... <laughs> he's like Fred on... He's like the Bobby Bonds Fred. Yeah. He's just like huge <laughs> compared to Fred. He's the, yeah, he's the... The, uh, the Fred who spends all his time in the gym. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, uh, and then yeah, Alexander and Shaggy are basically the Very same similar, character. Very similar, yeah. Um, so after that, they they ran up on... Um, the original series re-ran on NBC's Saturday morning lineup from 1975 and 76 season. And then there was early production in the Laugh Olympics to include Alexandra... Sebastian, Alexander, and Melody as part of the Hanna-Barbera characters the on the Scooby-Dooby team. But that was early on, and they realized legally they 
weren't able to use Couldn't them. Couldn't do it. Yeah, Archie was not going to let him do it. Yeah. And so that was the end of that. Um, the original series would then pop up again in the 80s, as I mentioned earlier, where I saw it was the, the USA Network. And then again in the 90s in the Cartoon Network. And now it's available streaming through sure. Boomerang. And then it's yeah. readily available on DVD as well. Right. And there was a live action movie created. There was in 1995. Yeah. It, yeah. it bombed. <laughs> I, I didn't see it. The less said about that, probably the better. Okay. <laughs> we don't want to tarnish the history of... Yeah. Yeah, it it, uh, it, it did not Did not well. do well. No, yeah. it did not. But, uh, um, yeah, I think one of the things that, that really stand out to this is, I mean, you've got a, a pretty a bigger cast than you did in Scooby-Doo. You, you have more characters, so that yeah. means more voice work to be done. Right. Yeah. Um, and the cast was, you know, they had... An actual voice for the character, the voice actor for the character, and then they had a singing voice as well. Um, and Josie, as the, the front woman of the band, was voiced by um, Janet Waldo. The only interesting thing I could find about Janet Waldo is she's the cousin of Ralph Waldo Emerson, the poet. <laughs> so there's that. Um and she was also, I guess I lied, that's not the most interesting thing I found about her. The most interesting thing I found about her is she was also Judy Jetson. Yes. And Judy Jetson was awesome. You know, that's an icon in, in Saturday morning cartoons. And once you um, know that, you immediately hear the voice. Exactly, yeah. yeah. When I, you know, I started looking at the, the credits about halfway through the series, I'm like, that's why that sounds familiar. It's, <laughs> that's Judy Jetson. Uh, but she was great, you know. The singing voice was Kathy Douglas for Josie. Uh, Valerie was the bass player, and she always seemed to be like the voice of logic and reason and kind of the level-headed person in the group. She was voiced by Barbara Perriott, and the singer, this was the cool part, the singer of Valerie's um, part was Patricia Holloway. Uh, Patricia Holloway co-wrote the song You Make Me So Very Happy with her sister. Her sister was a Motown recording artist named Brenda Holloway. Uh, but the song became popular with Blood, Sweat, and Tears. They took it up to number two. Yeah. I mean, that's a iconic 60s and 70s yeah. song. Everyone knows that song. I'm not going to sing it, but everyone knows it. <laughs> the other interesting thing about Valerie uh, that I learned is she was the first black character who appeared regularly on Saturday morning cartoons. She was the first black female, black female character yep. that was in every episode you know, she was a, a full-time member of the cast mm -hmm. which i thought that was really cool and they did her really well mm -hmm. i mean there was no stereotype to to valerie she was part of the group there was no you know well we just need this token character it was it was nothing like that i yeah. thought they did it really really well so I didn't really like that uh, yeah, about and, valerie and you you mentioned she's the intelligent one so she was kind of critical in, in most of the the capers these capers and like thwarting the villain she was the she was a linchpin and actually them succeeding and yeah getting out of the whatever because well, i found josie a lot of times was oblivious to the real danger they were in mm -hmm. i mean she was involved she wanted to get out of it but she was really oblivious to how much trouble they were really in mm -hmm. Melody's just a dent. Mm -hmm. so valerie was kind of holding it together yeah well and and it was funny because melody would actually bumble into you know just because she'd be goofy and silly yeah. and then she'd solve problems just by like happen chance right it's, it's like, like oh. the villain didn't take her seriously yeah. <laughs> and she would just accidentally fix things <laughs> because because melody was you know the the stereotypical ditzy blonde the voice was jackie joseph um, jackie joseph was a, a television actress also did some movies in the 80s um, she had a supporting role in gremlins hmm. 
um, in Small Soldiers, and she played in the 1960 version of Little Shop of Horrors. She was Audrey. Oh. She was Audrey in Little Shop of Horrors. Well, I can see that with her voice. Yeah, Yeah, with her voice. It makes perfect sense. Uh, Did some Hogan Heroes episode, and she was in two of the 18 Police Academy movies. I don't know which ones, but (laughs) she was in there. And what I found out about the singing voice of Melody, the singing voice in the credits is listed as Sherry Moore. Mm -hmm also known as Cheryl Jean Stoppelmore, which was her full name, also known as my favorite Charlie's angel, Cheryl Ladd. (laughs) Uh, So this was Cheryl Ladd. Um, Cheryl Ladd played Chris Monroe, replaced Farrah Fawcett's character in season two of Charlie's Angels. So the singing voice was one of Charlie's angels, (laughs) um, Cheryl Ladd, which I thought was great. Uh, Because I didn't hear it when I was watching it. Yeah, well, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's because she's singing, you know, you don't really pick it up. Right. Um, and I looked in the credits, I'm like, Sherry, who's Sherry Moore? So I had to do a little more digging. I'm like, oh my gosh, Cheryl Lett. <laughs> I had no idea she could sing. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Yeah, she kind of reinvented herself otherwise. Huh? Right yeah. after that, for yep. sure. So then we have the non singing members of the group, the support people in the group. We have Alan, who's the band's roadie, and he looks exactly like Fred from. <laughs> From Scooby-Doo. I mean, he's got blonde hair, the white sweater, the ascot that we've been talking about, the blue pants. And he's almost the same character. Like, he's kind of stoic. Mm-hmm. Um, he's burly. He's a yeah. big guy. Yeah, he's the muscled-up version he's, of Fred. But exactly. He's, yeah. yeah. And I couldn't get past it. I'm like, is this guy, <laughs> is he really, is that Fred? Why are they calling him Alan? You know, I just don't understand it. Um, he was voiced by Jerry Dexter. Jerry Dexter played a lot of teen boy characters for Hanna-Barbera. Mm-hmm. I mean, the list is too long, but but they were all supporting roles. Sure. Mostly known as Aqualad from the oh. Superman and Aquaman um, hour. Yeah. Um, TV, he was in Gomer Pyle, USMC, as Corporal Johnson. Uh, but the Aqualad is probably what he's known most for. Um, and again, no singing voice for Alan. He didn't sing. Alexander, the band's manager... And uh, this is a hill I will die on. He was drawn and acted exactly like Shaggy from (laughs) Scooby-Doo, except for he wore sunglasses and he was a little smarter than Shaggy. Didn't talk to a dog. No goatee. No goatee. But it was Shaggy because he was voiced by Casey Kasem. Mm -hmm. Casey Kasem, obviously, we all know is the voice of, of Shaggy. So now you've got this character drawn like Shaggy, kind of acts like Shaggy, mm-hmm. and he sounds like Shaggy too. Even the zoinks and all that stuff, and <laughs> I just I couldn't get past it. And that's when I texted you, I'm like, "What is going on?" Here? Yeah, and he's he's the yeah, like Shaggy. He's like a, he's a scaredy cat. Yeah, he, yeah, and they call him Chicken. Yeah, Chicken Brother is what his sister calls yeah. him, Chicken Brother. Yeah, and he's always frightened, and he mm-hmm. just wants to get out of there. He doesn't care about solving anything. <laughs> I just want to go. His sister. Let's talk about his sister. Do we have to? Yeah, we have to. <laughs> Alexandria, his twin sister, um, she was voiced by... I'll, I'll do the serious stuff first, and mm. then we'll talk about the character. She was voiced by Sherry Alberoni, who got her start as a Mouseketeer on the Mickey Mouse Club mm. because she could tap dance and play a saxophone at the same time. Wow. Chipping her teeth in the process. <laughs> Um, But her stage name, her agent made her change her stage name to Sherry Allen because she thought Alberoni was too ethnic and she might not get cast in the Mickey Mouse Club. So she shortened her name to Sherry Allen. Um, So, yeah, she was on the Mickey Mouse. She was a Mouseketeer in the Mickey Mouse Club, which was really cool. 
Um, so she's Alexander's twin sister, mm-hmm. and she has a no role with the band whatsoever. No. She's she's not the manager. She doesn't handle the merch. She doesn't have all the travel. She's is zero. She has no reason to be there. None. Other than she's other than she's the manager's little sister yeah, or twin twin sister. sister, and her family's rich, so she just gets to travel. Just with gets them. to go with them. Yeah, yeah, and she's bitter and jealous. Mm-hmm. She wants Alan, and anytime Alan's near Josie, she's trying to set, break him up. And she, mm-hmm. every chance, oh, figures Josie would sit next to Alan, you know, wherever <laughs> they are, they're on the airplane or the boat or whatever. <laughs> she's always trying to separate them, and then she's always insulting the rest of them yeah. too. <laughs> Just calling them dumb and you you don't get this yeah. and like the band's terrible. The band that, sucks. They, it'd be she, better if be, it was my band. Exactly. Alexander's <laughs> cool time cats. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and but but I'll give her credit here. She was a fighter. When when things went to the mat, she stood up for the band and she was willing to fight mm-hmm. and she was willing to defend the whole band. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because she was so mean. <laughs> so. She had a white streak in her hair. Yeah, she looked like a skunk. Yeah, so the yeah. white streak in her hair is a holdover from the comics. She was drawn that way in the comic because she had limited paranormal or supernatural powers in the comic. And the white streak was the mark of the witch. Oh. And when I read that, I'm like, well, if the wig fits. <laughs> she was just mean. Yeah. She was so she was worse than that clown in Archie's. Um, Reggie. Who, Reggie. Yeah. Yeah, she was way worse than him. And I don't... She was directly mean to them. I don't know what it is about these cartoons that we keep watching. I mean, we just had it with Dungeons and Dragons too. There's always a one character that you just look at him like, why would they even hang out with this kid? Yeah, I mean, this do they sit around? The writers sit around, go, we need a character that everyone's gonna hate. (laughs) (laughs) No redeeming qualities whatsoever. No, let's put him in. It's Reggie Mantle. That's Eric from Dungeons and Dragons. It's Alexandria here. I mean, it's just he's in. And like, I, I realize they need to have some kind of conflict but yeah but isn't the conflict coming from the fact that they're in trouble yeah that there's i mean i'd be some villain trying to destroy was, the world yeah if it was comic relief yeah. but it's not she's just flat out mean yeah to them she's half the time she's molesting alan and it's yeah really, she's it's like, kind of crazy he's, he's clearly not having it no he's not into it at all <laughs> but he can't do anything because the boss is man yeah. the manager it's his sister yeah you know so they're stuck yeah i just didn't get it i i, I grew to hate her yeah i i i did not like and of course then there's always some kind of like pseudo come up and so she's like sure she's like oh well i'm gonna mess with the recording and then she like trips over and like electrocutes herself and right then, and like oh yeah. that's funny yeah. like, eh, no. it's, mm-hmm. she, she really does not add nothing they could have taken that character out altogether and it probably would have made it better yeah you don't need that internal no. conflict but then who would the cat have belonged to because <laughs> sebastian the cat, the cat belonged to alexander yeah. right and any well, guesses? Could have, they could have given that to Alexander. They could have. I mean, yeah, the cat didn't. Whatever. No. It wasn't necessarily loyal. I mean, it no. basically just looked like her hair is all yeah, it was. It did exactly. It's a black and white cat yeah. with her black and white hair. <laughs> you know that. Yeah, the cat did help in a couple of situations. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's what we'll, we'll talk about. A little mm-hmm. bit, one of my, the yeah. most ridiculous aspects of the show. So, a Hanna Barbera cartoon in the early seventies, and you've got a cat. Who do you get to voice the cat? Well, it's clearly it's. Yeah, you're too close to Scooby Doo yet. Uh, yeah, you don't have the uh, um, Frank Welker establishes the voice for every animal that ever walked the earth. So right. it's got to be Don Messick. Yeah, it's Don Messick. <laughs> you know, it just has to be. You know, by by the process of eliminating one other person, <laughs> you come to Don Messick, and we all love Don Messick. I mean, it was great. 
Uh, you know, not a lot of sounds, pretty much the same sound every time, but yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, overall, I, I thought the voice, yeah, voice it was a good was cast. really well done. I did too. And yeah. I, I thought the writing was good too, outside of Alexandria's part, which I don't understand, but yeah. But the writing was good. The the dialogues were good. And even the stories I mm-hmm. thought were good. The villains were great. I mean, the villains were hardcore villains. Yeah. They were out for world domination. <laughs> yeah. And they were, they were trying to kill them. Yeah. They weren't just like trying basis. to scare people away from the amusement park. They were <laughs> yeah. like, we're going to put you in the dungeon. Yeah. These aren't real estate gigs. They're, they're, trying, to, <laughs> right. they're trying to wipe people out yeah. and take over things. But um, I did want to talk a little bit about, you'd mentioned the singing voices and the the singing voice component is actually what created the character of Valerie unintentionally. Yeah. So there's almost two tracks going when they when they were doing the casting and like the animation and the character, the voice acting was one track. And then of course then they decided they're gonna do singing. They're gonna actually do live live action singing, as I mentioned right. earlier. Um Let's and get so, some legitimate singers. Exactly. So yeah. you had and and knowing that music was gonna be to match the Archie show, they were going to have a weekly a new song every single time. Um so they had a company called la lala productions was actually handling all the casting of the the singing voices and they they found yeah obviously doherty and and cheryl ladd and then patrice holloway they found her as well and they said hey these are the three these are three of the best and they they gave them to hannah barbera and hannah barbera looked at it and like you want you know what these guys are amazing yeah the problem was lala productions did not know is that the three characters of Josie and the Pussycats are all white girls. Right. And as we talked about, Holloway was not. Right. She's she's a black woman. And so the, there's a a lot of, well, Hanna-Barbera asked, so Danny Jansen is the guy who um, kind of cast everybody and took it to them and said, these are our people. And Hanna-Barbera is like, well, you're right. They're amazing. But we've already started the animation on this. And so it's not because she was black. It's because, you know, they would they, they're like, we, we could change that character. Unfortunately, we've already started drawing it. We've done some of the voice acting already. On the, I mean, it's yeah. between the time and the, the production costs. And then the worst of all, trying to get approvals on all this. Sure. I don't think we can do this. And so he said, okay, that's great. Um, I am not going to go back and tell her that yeah. she's not up for this gig simply because you guys aren't going to change the cartoon. So, yeah. hey, next time you have a gig, a job you need, hey, reach out to me, but I'm not going to be involved with this project. And yeah. so Jansen walked away. Ooh. And what um, is amazing is that um, Hanna-Barbera blinked. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? He, he's you probably onto point. something. They, yeah. they, I mean, they did like her voice to the point that um, they – they went back to Archie Comics and said, "Look, we have this voice. We we actually think we should change the character." Yeah. And Archie Comics said, "Yes." Yeah, so she was awesome because at the same time as all this is happening, suddenly Pepper disappears from the Josie and the Pussycats comic book, uh-huh. and Valerie Brown shows up. Really? Yeah. And um, so they changed the comic book too. Yes. Oh, I didn't. And know that's that. what that's kind of what kind of snowballed back and ended up back in the cartoon. Yeah. So yeah. So the cartoon, oh, cool. just the 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 trying to find a singing voice of a cartoon led to actually the, com- the changing comic book changing. The comic. Oh wow! Yeah. And and it's and it's actually totally for the better because Holloway's voice, her vocals are amazing. Oh yeah. I mean the songs and yeah. Um, and we can go on to the music right now. Sure, because the music. It's unbelievable. Yeah, the music is fantastic. It's um, legit great music. Yeah, and it's a major yeah. component of this because it's you know it's a new song every, and it's not like the Archie show where they like here's a new song and a new dance. Oh yeah, like, no, no, no. yeah, it and wasn't forced. Yeah, and you had two 
decent songs. You had Sugar Sugar. I can't even remember what the other one was. Right. It's like, okay, that's not bad. Yeah. And then you had a whole bunch of just like, I don't ever need to hear that song again in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It was just awful. Um, In this case, Josie's voice as, um, you know, Doherty as the voice. And she didn't feel like her vocals were strong enough to be the lead. Yeah. She thought she was better served as harmony with the other two because the other two were much better than her. Mm -hmm. And so she just kind of seeded the spotlight and let them go with it. And so for half the songs, Holloway is the lead singer and yeah. the other half, Lad's the lead singer. Right. And there's a couple where they each like take a verse. That's kind of amazing where somebody is like, well, you're sure. you're Josie of Josie and the Pussycats. But, but you're not the lead yeah, singer. Yeah, you're not going to be singing. Yeah. Or you're yeah. just going to be doing the, the backing vocals. And right. uh, it's really interesting um, the way it all worked out. So the title song is its own adventure because sure. I don't know if you came across this, but it was actually originally background music from just various Hanna-Barbera cartoons. I didn't recognize yeah. that. Well, yeah. and I didn't recognize it either. I, yeah. Eventually, I, I, I went and heard it. So it started as, as, you know, that incidental music you hear as actions going on. Like, you start sure. off in the Jetsons. When Alan comes scooting across the Yeah, so stage. you'd see it. Like, you know, you, you kind of hear it in all those cards. Like, Scooby-Doo, you hear the same. Th- it's And even in the card, you hear that same background music yeah. all the time. But they had taken this repetitive song that they'd used before, slapped lyrics on it for Josie and the Pussycats, yeah. and it became their lead song. Oh, cool. That was the title sequence. was the Neat. song that had just been background music otherwise. Wow. Um, and then for the actual, the new songs that they created through La La Productions, there's a definite uptick mm-hmm. from what we saw, as we mentioned from yeah. Archie. But if nothing else, that song Voodoo, and I texted oh, you about this. You did. You sent Voodoo me is... Voodoo, Voodoo is a fantastic song uh-huh. in episode two. I mean, yeah, the, that song, as the kids say, that song slaps. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I, yeah. I think that it doesn't even feel like of its time. It just feels like it's just like a, a little, like, yeah. that could fit in anywhere. And it's just it's a like, really good song. It's like if they put that in an episode of Stranger Things, it's going to go to number one. Yeah. Because people are going to, like they rec- like they discovered Kate Bush all of a mm-hmm. sudden. Yeah. It, it's going to be huge. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I, I will die on that hill. That, that, yeah, it's a great song. I would put I that agree. in, if I could find it, I could put it, if it was available on Spotify, it would be on like every playlist I have. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good luck. It. <laughs> it's on, you can find it on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other songs that, for the most part, are really good. Yeah. And, I mean, very much of their time, but they're good tracks. Like, Stop, Stop Look and Listen, Every Beat of My Heart. I mean, they're good tracks. Very good. Yeah. And, like, if you put them, if you slip them into rotation on, like, an oldies radio station, they would sound just as good, if not better, than some of the stuff that sure. you already hear. Nobody's going to go, oh, that's a stupid, you know, cartoon song. It's yeah. Not, no, there, no, there were some good. really good stuff. Yeah. I compare so. the music in this to the monkeys, where... The music had a life of its own yeah. outside of the show, you know. Yeah. Um, and they did release an album. I don't know how well it did. But uh, it, it, it was there. Yeah, I enjoyed the music. Yeah, it, I, I couldn't find sure. really information about where it, like charting or anything. So it didn't yeah. really do much. But it yeah. was... It was. It happened, right? But yeah, it was good. Undeservedly, I thought it. It, it could have gotten more attention, but mm-hmm. yeah. And I and I I do have to add that the existence alone of voodoo, yeah, directly impacts my final score of the show. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah. So do you want to talk about episodes? Yeah, here? I had a couple of ones that I really enjoyed and one that I really hated. <laughs> Episode six, X marks the spot, mm-hmm. was great. Yeah. I mean, I laughed out loud. Because there was an invisibility formula that kids were got involved in. The villain had created this invisibility formula, and somehow the kids got a hold of it. But it was like a not quite finished version of the formula. Mm-hmm. So like 
it all affected the kids differently. Like one kid, it just made their legs disappear. And the other one is just the top half of the body disappeared. And then Alex was just a little translucent, which I thought was hilarious. I mean, he wasn't completely invisible. He's just kind of see-through. It was so funny. I just laughed out loud. I'm like, that's hilarious. So the three of them are standing there. There's a pair of legs, there's a torso, and then just Alan Yane's kind of see-through him. Oh God, I just thought that was so much fun. Yeah, that's no, a great way to. That was a, that was a, just very a very clever episode. Yeah, 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 I just I loved that. Like, what do we do? Oh, we can't make them all disappear because there's nothing there, you know. Yeah. So the characters were still there; they were just half invisible. I thought it was yeah. great. Yeah, that yeah. was that was a good one. I actually, I like the um, the very first one. The Nemo is a no no affair, mm-hmm. uh, and actually they did it again with the second one. The Green Thumb is not a Goldfinger. They take yeah. the the villain and they basically just mock like some famous actor and the first one nemo is clearly a boris karloff ripoff like sure his voice is just like identical yeah and, and he's then, tall and the big long yeah, face and, yeah and kind of thin and then mm-hmm. you get the next time like the really heavy set the, the green thumb character is is sydney green street sure so it's yeah. just a complete caricature of it but um in nemo my favorite part and it because it, it's so it made me laugh because it's so stupid <laughs> so the, the entire band they're putting these little capsules yeah. And with anchors at the bottom, it dropped to the bottom of the ocean. Right. And the only, that was how the villain got rid of them. Yes. and the yeah. only, But they, they escape because Sebastian the cat finds a fishbowl, dumps it out, puts it on his head, <laughs> and swims to the bottom of the ocean and rescues to rescue his friends. <laughs> That was awesome. <laughs> and it's not like he like they do something to seal it. It's just like he just, just puts a bullet put on, on his head, head yeah. and he can he can right. find yeah. it. Just had enough air trapped in there to keep his little feline body alive and really got to the bottom. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, every kid has that dream, right? Like, oh, I can put this bucket over my head and go underwater because yeah. there's air in there, you know? <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Chili Today and Hot Tamale, mm-hmm. episode seven. So they dress up Josie as a different supervillain called the lizard and they're dealing with the scorpion and she dresses up as i'm the lizard and i'm here to to help you dominate the world you know so they're they're tricking the villain into believing he's got an ally ally now which was a clever plan yeah and i really i laughed out loud and i had to watch the scene again they start bartering with the scorpion over control of the world like how we want the whole world and he's like no and alex rips a picture in half of the world well how about half (laughs) no quarter No, a tenth? No. And then Wendy finally says, or Josie finally says, how about just Coney Island? <laughs> <laughs> like they bartered the whole world down to Coney Island. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. Like, well, we're not getting anything. Can we at least get Coney Island? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of really good little gags like that. Like, yes. I mean... As much as I, you know, I'm not huge like the the dumb blonde character that that Melody is. She has some just hilarious one liners that just it's just. I yeah. mean, it's just hilarious. Right. I, I, I really like that. Actually, the the other episode. There's two other episodes I have, and I, we might be on the same page on one of them. But yeah, I'm sure we are. Um, <laughs> the episode 14 spy school spoof. Yes, um, spy spoof. That was my favorite one. Yes. Yeah. So and, and uh, some of the the absurdity of it is what I loved about it. So you have the lasers, the made guy who's who's his hair seems to be in the inspiration for Hugh Jackman's Wolverine. Yes. So he's got like these little points in the yeah, back. It's and really it's just, weird. Yeah, it's just goofy. He almost looked like a Vincent Price type of haircut, you know? Yeah, it was just a weird looking dude. Odd. And I love the fact that he has... So the, the whole point of that one is that their sheet music... Was they're waiting for it to come in on a courier service. I don't know who's writing their music, even though allegedly they write their own songs. Yeah. And then 
it gets, it gets mixed up with mixed his up. courier gives them these top secret scientific laser yeah blueprints. his instructions for building his machine yeah. his doomsday machine that stops all mechanical things from working so the world's worst courier drops off the wrong letter right to them so they get the secret plans and the, and the lasers like oh you know like they try to get the they're trying to get the these secret blueprints and they find out so he's got he sends like this car with two of his henchmen in and yeah. sends them to go to get it to capture the and courier. Classic henchmen. Yeah, and they, <laughs> they get the courier and they realize all they have is Josie and the Pussycat Sheet music. And so he sends out an APB to all his other henchmen, yeah. wherever they are, like be on the look. I and mean, they literally like they're like he's got a And I gotta force. go to back to how do you become a henchman? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that a career aspiration? <laughs> how long have you henched? <laughs> Yeah, Lackey 102 is really hard. Uh, <laughs> well, that's that's the weed out class. <laughs> <laughs> it's either this or you go back to accounting. <laughs> but so he sends out this APB and they cut to another car with two other guys. And they're like, oh, there they are. Yeah. Like, we found them. Like, so he's got like cars of two henchmen at a time just spread Everywhere. out yeah. around whatever city they're in. Just like, oh, yeah, be on the lookout for a band. <laughs> sure. Carrying my plans. And, and, and what they look like, oh, there's a van with instruments on it. And, like, and they drive up closer and see that it's Josie and the Pussycats. I'm like, yeah. okay. <laughs> so he's just got guys just sitting around. Like, what kind of payroll does the laser have? He's huge. <laughs> he's global. I mean, clearly he's got a lot of, he spent a lot on hair product. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's just funny. Yeah. He's got like, you know, Oh whatever. my God, that was great. Yeah. And then they end up, uh, yeah, they end up getting into his like secret compound, which mm-hmm. of course is surrounded by lasers. Yep. Laser fences. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's yeah. just like, well, some they, of the absurdity of it is it's oh, just so amusing. So they replace, somehow they give him fake plans, <laughs> not the real plan, just fake plans yeah. to, to mess with him. <laughs> so he ends up building this machine with the wrong plans. And when he turns the machine on, it works in reverse. So okay. everything around the place that was broken all of a sudden starts working. Mm-hmm. And this was really cool. I don't know if you saw it. So he turns it on and a TV set starts playing. And on the TV is a cameo of Tom and Jerry. Oh, I didn't it's see that. a cat chasing that. a mouse no. on the TV screen. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's awesome. What else would come on the TV? But, you know, Tom and Jerry. I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> you know, it was a cat chasing a mouse. It wasn't. I inferred that it was Tom and right. Jerry. On TV, which I just thought was so cool. Uh, that that episode was just, it was well written. It was funny. The fact that he had henchmen all over the world and they were immediately able, it was like the CIA, you know, like found him immediately, found these kids with his mail. Yeah, it was, yeah, some of the absurdity of it, but it was just, it worked really well. It was just, yeah. just amusing and funny. Contrary to that, episode 11, All Wong in Hong yeah. Kong, it was just a bad episode. <sighs> that was sea level effort. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. I hated watching it. And it was offensive. And it was offensive. <laughs> I mean, the the name, All Wong in Hong Kong. I mean, yeah. uh, so you can tell right off the bat where that thing's going. Yeah. And this was episode, thankfully, this was episode 11. So yeah. I'd seen 10 good episodes yes. until this. I'm like, uh. Yeah. Uh, but then after that, they got better, yeah. too. But that episode is, it was awful. Yeah. The, the, all the, the Chinese stereotypes yeah were just awful it was ugly and it was it was a that one is a slog to get through it you know when you have a band that's tra- globe trotting you're setting yourself up for it especially in 1970 they're they're running and there are portrayals of characters here and there but mm-hmm. none of them are they're not like the main villain running the, through it and they're right talking with this horrible yeah the toy maker and yeah, yeah the, the bad accents and yeah like the, yeah it was, was awful yeah the less said about that the better yeah um the great pussy chat pussycat the Great Pussycat Chase, 
One thing I remember that episode is that the villain's airplane looked like a U-2 spy plane, <laughs> which I love airplanes. And I, I'm like, God, that looks like a U-2 spy plane. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> the, the villain's driving, flying a U-2. You know? So there there were some really fun episodes, some really creative writing, and, and one bad episode yeah. out of 16, one episode that was just... Yeah. Even without the, the cultural... Even without the cultural mores, it was still a bad episode. Yeah, it was it was just dumb. Yeah, it was a dumb episode. Yeah, but yeah, overall there there were some good episodes in here for sure. Yeah, one the one absurdity, the one I I, I still can't figure out if I think it's funny or if it, I think it's stupid. It probably <laughs> it is probably both. Um, it is it's the melody character. Whenever there's danger nearby, her ears start to wiggle. Yeah, her ears wiggle. Yeah, and there's sometimes where it's kind of funny, but there's a, there's one I think it's actually the laser episode where they're yeah. in a car. And Alan's, they're like, I think somebody's following us. And Alan's like, well, one way to find out. And he reaches back and he pushes her hair aside. And you see the ear, but it's like clearly like it's on the opposite side, like the the side that's away from you. Mm-hmm. So they had to animate like this ear that's basically on like right next to her eye wiggling back and forth. Yeah. It looks so odd. <laughs> it's just. Do you remember the scene they were on the hydrofoil boat? And she's like, look, my ears are wiggling. She pulled her. Here back in the ears are just going like Dumbo. They're just yeah. flapping like butterfly wings. I'm like, how did she not notice that before now? Well, it's, well, a, it's a strong wind. Yeah. I'm like, are they just flapping? They just in the normally wind? flap in the wind. Right. But yeah, it's it's such a weird thing. They didn't need that. No, it, no. It, it, they all knew they were in. It's trouble. like they like she didn't need a spidey sense. I mean, she's a distinctly. I mean, she's a distinct character in and of herself. She doesn't need to have wiggling ears to really make her stand out. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was silly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so some fun episodes for sure. Yeah. Um, what about your uh, good? My good, um, well, the music yeah. right off the bat is, Clearly. is fantastic. The voice acting I thought was really well done. And we just kind of talk. Like a lot of the gags are just, they land. It, yeah. They're just silly. The but timing they, was yeah, great. They worked really well. And I love the, the Valerie character and I mm-hmm. love the Melody character. Yeah. Um, Valerie, just because there's this, it's kind of neat to see something like this where you have this character who's just very down to earth and just like kind of holds everybody together. But, and they didn't have to, she didn't have to be a a character. She wasn't a token like we had with D&D where you have Diana. It was just like, well, we need, we need our diversity. There she goes. Right. Yeah. She doesn't do anything. But Valerie's like, you know, like we said, the linchpin to this team. Yeah. She's the main character. And then Melody was just, you know, her silliness and goofiness is just funny. Yeah. Just makes for some really good laughs throughout the series. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I'm going with the music. I thought the music was mm-hmm. was awesome. You know, the voice acting, the writing in these episodes was was funny. But overall, the music really. I waited till the end of the episode to hear the song. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was really cool. I, re- I just really enjoyed it. For the bad, I just could not get past Alan and Alex being direct ripoffs of Fred <laughs> and Shaggy. I just couldn't. I couldn't get past it. I mean, I'm watching this like that's Fred and that's Shaggy. I just, I couldn't get past it. So yeah. it bothered me the whole time. Yeah. So I just started ignoring them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think by the end of it, I think they differentiated Alan enough that he's kind of his own character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he had a little bit more pigeonhole him a little bit more than Fred. Fred did a little bit more like problem solving. And yeah. Things like that. Alan's Alan was more much like, more the muscle what do you need that. me to do? Yeah. 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 But, He'd um, never step forward to take control like Fred would have. Yeah. But Alexander is 
Shaggy without the well, food. Because the voice is Casey yeah. Kasem. Yeah. It's the same voice. <laughs> he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't, he, he changes it only slightly. Very little. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise it's Shaggy's voice. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Shaggy with a little more mod, uh, yeah. mod clothing. So, exactly, yeah. yeah. The sunglasses were cool. Yeah. I mean, he had the sunglasses on the whole time. Well, Those were neat. And an ascot. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the bad for me was Alexandria. It just... <sighs> I fought with that character so much. Yeah. Um, I just, I, uh, I, they could have done without her. And yeah, I don't think, I mean, I, I, yeah, I guess it, they're trying to stay true to the comic to a point. Sure. But it, it was just, no. they could have taken her out and probably it made the show just as well. If not yeah. Better. It wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I put Alexandria as my ugly. <laughs> <laughs> just because she was so mean. She's just blatantly mean and aggressive about it. To these people, and like, why are they letting her hang around? Yeah. <laughs> like I said in Dungeons and Dragons, why didn't uh, why didn't uh, they just pull him aside and go, "Look, dude, we're all in trouble here." <laughs> and the same thing with Alexander. Like, what what are you doing? We're allowing yeah. you to come along on our tour. Yeah, shut your yap. Well, and and some of the choices she makes too. Like, I, I believe it is the the second episode. Where they're supposed to get on a plane, and she like tries to trick them all into like this yeah. this plane that takes them over to the Amazon, plane. Yeah. and so they just drag her along because she thinks it's going to be just her and Alan, and everybody else is going to get sent to the Amazon. Yeah. Which come on, she's sabotaging the whole <laughs> yeah. band, she's actively sabotaging <laughs> to go them. hang out with a guy who does not want to be with her. No, he has no yeah. interest in. Yeah, and, it's, and of course, you know, mayhem ensues because she gets dragged onto the cargo plane sure. too, and they end up <laughs> dropped in the Amazon. But yeah, yeah, no, that was. That yeah, was, yeah, yeah. So she was ugly, my, yes, my but, ugly. Yeah, yeah. But my my ugly was it comes down to the like the all long alls long. Oh yeah, yeah. The, that the, was the, awful. The, the bad stereotypes. I mean, uh-huh. and the one. I mean, they keep popping up, but they're they're definitely there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's of its time, unfortunately. Sure. But um, yeah, outside of eleven episode eleven, they're not. No, they're not horrible. They they show up here and there, like eh, yeah. could have right. gone worse with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you expect something worse, right? And you don't get and it, and then you get it. And then episode eleven comes in, yeah. yeah, punches you in the face. Right. Like, oh, I saw the title of that, like, oh no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Here we go. Yeah, before I even started, you know, it's knew, it's yeah. going bad. I knew immediately because I was scrolling down, like, oh no. <laughs> well, what did you uh, scale of one to ten? Where would you where would you put Josie and the Pussycats? So I. I really liked it. I thought the the voice acting was good. I was impressed by the writing for, you know, a limb. I mean, they had 20 minutes, roughly, you know, and then a three-minute song. It was formulaic, I'll give you that, but Mm -hmm. it was good. Mm -hmm. The writing was good and the dialogues were good. I liked it more than I thought I would. Mm -hmm. By the time I watched all of them, looking back, I'm like, I really enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. So I was at an eight with this just because I I had fun with it. Yeah, well, and my... Score was an eight, and I said, "Oh, really?" Well, but I also said that voodoo would impact my the score. Music, so yeah. my final score is nine because it's it's a whole point. Oh, really? For that a whole song point alone, for that. it's worth a point. Oh, to okay, me. I think okay. It's, uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's more than good enough to uh, to bump, to that bump up, it up. So I put it as a nine. So it's yeah, you know, um I think they did a nice job of kind of looking at the two the two series that they're trying to mimic and kind yeah. of you know score points off of. And I thought they did a good job, and right? And made them made it unique enough that it, it stands out on its own. Yeah. What do you want to do next? Um, I think we should jump ahead about eleven years. Okay. So we're in the eighties. Yep. So with the new Shazam movie coming out, yeah, I think we should revisit the Shazam cartoon. Okay. From Filmation. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. 
as a child. So that'll be cool. I do catch have up on that. Very faint memories of it. But do you? I, yeah, I do remember watching some of them. Yeah. So it'll be an interesting one. Yeah, it'll be fun. We're, yeah. going, we're both going in completely blind yeah, on this one. Yeah, really. truly on this one, yeah. Yeah, okay, great. Right. And made them made it unique enough that it stands out on its own. Yeah. What do you want to do next? Um, I think we should jump ahead about 11 years. Okay, so we're in the a, 80s. Yeah, so with the new Shazam movie coming out. Yeah. I think we should revisit the Shazam cartoon okay. from Filmation. Yeah, I didn't watch that one. As a child, so that'll be cool. I do catch have up on that. Very faint memories of it. But do you? I, yeah, I do remember watching some of them. Yeah, so it'll be an interesting one. Yeah, it'll be fun. We're yeah. going. We're both going in completely blind. Yeah, on this one, really. truly on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Well, I hear mom. I think it's time for us to go outside. So that means cartoon time is over. I'm John. I'm Robert, and this is Toon Talk. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want more Toon Talk, you can find us on Twitter at Toon Talk Guys. Or if you've got questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email us at toontalkguys at gmail.com.